So many owners open their shops with the dream of doing auto repair the right way, being an asset to their community, having free time with their families, and having the ability to create a financial legacy. In reality, so many find themselves working long days, are struggling to find and keep good staff, and can barely pay the bills. Since 2016, the fastest growing automotive repair coaching company, ShopFix Academy's sole purpose is to stop the average small business from destroying the average family. Call 615-645-3683 to speak to someone on their leadership team about seeing if ShopFix Academy is a good fit for your shop. Learn more at shopfixacademy.com. Really, at the end of the day, my job is to make sure that I'm not as important as I could be if I was trying to control everything. The most important people in the building are the people that are talking with the customers and helping push that ultimate feeling of control down the line is really important. This is Success Leaves Clues, an automotive industry podcast, and I'm your host, Thomas Hayes. Are you an owner or manager who feels ineffective, overwhelmed, or stuck in mom and dad syndrome at your shop? Or do you struggle getting your team to trust and listen to you? If so, then this is the perfect episode for you. And frankly, even if you think you've got it all figured out in this area, this is still a really great episode. Being an incredible leader was a learned skill for our guest, Will Dunford. But it's the one that now he excels at. Will is the regional manager for the Atlanta market for Simply True Auto Group. In this powerful interview, you'll learn how to get your employees to finally trust you and how to lead them to create a win-win situation for the shop and them personally. Here's our interview. An effective online presence is a critical part of your shop's growth and profitability which is why it only makes sense to use the company that many top-performing repair shops use for managing their online presence, Leads Near Me. Leads Near Me effortlessly increases your car count with a strategic combination of killer websites, high-converting Google ads, traffic-driving social media posts, and more. Reach them by text or call at 888-953-953. 2379 or visit them online at leadsnearme.com. Leads Near Me effortlessly increase car count. Super happy to have you on the show today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Excellent. So, Will, tell us, you know, I, I just mentioned an elevator, like not really, but pretend I did. Yeah. Who are you? What do you do? Yeah. So, my name is Will Dunford. I work with uh, Simply True Auto Group. I am the regional manager currently for. The Atlanta stores. So we have uh, five current running stores, one under construction. And uh, what I do is my job is to help give any support and all support to the managers and help guide and advise them in making decisions that are not only profitable for them, but the business and help take great care of our customers. That's awesome. Were you hired into that role from outside or did you grow up in the company? Yeah, so I was hired from outside of the company into the role. So when I started, it was 2019. Um, Dave and I had been talking a lot about business uh, through just some personal channels that we had. And um, I was, at the time, working with an a AT&T dealer. And I was over 13, 14, kind of just depending on the time, stores. 
Um, and I had really worked with a lot of leaders in growing their retail locations. So when I met Dave, we just clicked, talked a lot about business, talked a lot about growth, and they had just expanded to their second shop. Um, at that moment, Dave was basically running the Lawrenceville shop and Rob was running the Marietta shop. And when I came on board, we just had those two and I was kind of thrown in. I trained for the first couple of weeks directly with Rob and he taught me everything about the sales experience, the customer experience, you know, what it should look like. Really spent a lot of time sharing the vision with me, um, it was an exciting time, obviously, coming in. I think yeah. Dave was on vacation the first uh, first week, the first vacation he had taken in a long time um, in Spain. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's when, when I came in and it was a wild ride. After, I think, six months in, we bought our third store. And then the very next month, we bought our fourth store, uh, kind of by happenstance. Mm-hmm. We weren't really looking to make deals happen that fast. Um, but that, that's how the world worked. And then, you know, four months later, we were in the little bit interesting times of COVID and, uh, things were crazy and they have been uh, just ever since. Yeah. And how many stores did you say you're up to now? Uh, so we have five running stores in Atlanta and then one currently under construction. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, coming in, I I came from outside the industry as well. Uh, before I, I started uh, working in a shop, I worked for T-Mobile for years. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Telecom. Absolutely. You you, you can't see this listener, but we just high-fived. It was great. <laughs> uh, so I worked in a call center. Okay. Uh, and I did that for years, and I did like retention and customer mm. service and supervisory and things like that. Nice. It's um, – uh, telecom is such an industry – see, see if I can say it right – interesting industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it like for you coming from, you know, telecom into auto repair? Wow. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Um, first off, coming from such a big company uh, that has all these, you know, rules and regulations for just about everything you do. This yeah. is, um, you know, you're not allowed to text a customer or you're not allowed to do this or that or um it's a huge rule book of things that you can and can't do. So all of a sudden working with a small company, it's like, well, let's do whatever it takes. Kind of looked around like, is this a trap? <laughs> <laughs> do whatever it you takes. You mean I can what do is, what I need to do? What does that mean? Yeah. What does it mean to do whatever it takes? Uh, so, I mean, that was a huge eye-opener for me, and it, it really incited a lot of thought around like, wow, all these rules that I've been taught for all this time were just made up by people. Just like we made up these rules. And as we go through, you know, creating a policy or something along those lines, these are just rules that we're making to try to make a mistake that we've made maybe less likely to happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just so interesting to see the difference between when you're just at this big, huge, massive company to coming in and, you know, Maybe like bootstrapping might be the mm-hmm. the word that I use. Like we're doing whatever it takes to make sure customers taken care of. It's a little bit more wild west, if you will, and mm-hmm. it's a lot more from the heart than it is from the mind. Uh, so, you, yeah, that was a pretty big, uh, pretty big change. And it, very first, you know, it was a. I think anytime you change industries, it 
can be a little bit nerve wracking at first, um, especially when you're talking about your career. You know, I've been working in telecom for 10 years. I, uh, prior to that, I worked in automotive, but really my professional career, yeah. that, was, that was all I knew was, was telecom. And there were a lot of great lessons I learned through that that I've been able to apply. Um, you know, systems-based thinking and stuff like that that's really helped in the automotive industry. But the nice thing is at the end of the day, it was all about taking care of the customers and that never really changed. So despite the work and the product that we're delivering being something very different, uh, the thing that was very much the same was our end goal is for someone to leave the building with a smile. And that is the exact same as it was working with AT&T. Yeah. What is, uh, so as a regional manager, mm-hmm. what is your role comprised of? What is your day-to-day? What is my day-to-day? So I spend, generally when I wake up, the first things that I'm doing every single day is following up on a recruiting pipeline. Obviously, when you, we know that we have a huge tech shortage in the industry. So I find, uh, you know, speed is very important in getting a hold of someone that maybe has just recently posted their resume on Indeed. We don't always get a ton of applicants for every job we post, but I find a lot of applicants through phishing on Indeed. So finding someone who's just recently posted their resume. Um, Generally, that's going to be just the very first start of my day. And then I try to call and talk to each manager at each location, except for wherever I'm going to be for the day. So I'll call and just ask them how they're doing, how their morning's going, what they're working on today, how things are going. Now, likely at the end of the day, I followed up with them the day before. So we're able to just talk about what's going on. Um, I really take a consultative approach to helping the managers lead through their stores. I feel like that's a big part of growth and development is helping someone make their own decisions rather than coming and saying like, oh, you have to do this, this or this. So those morning conversations are really, really important to me because it really helps me see what's going on in their business. And it it helps me give them advice that's very relevant to what they're going through. Um, Yeah. I really like the the term you just used, consultative management. I Mm -hmm. I think it's what you said. Um, Or consultative approach. Yeah. Explain that a little bit because I... I feel like for a lot of folks, especially if you, you know, if an owner is listening to this, a single mm-hmm. store operator, uh, I think that it's really hard sometimes to be more consultative versus here's what I need you to do. Absolutely. And and so I'd love to have you talk that out from your experience. Yeah. So first off, it's a learned behavior. Uh, it's a, if you zoom out, uh, I'm like very many people, like I want to control as many of the things as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. But through experience, I've learned that's maybe that's good for if you're in a store every day, that's something that's scalable. Um, I can control uh, how we're answering the phones by following up immediately after a phone call. But when I'm not in a store every day, I can't rely on control to influence and impact the store. I have to be able to rely on having a great relationship that's open enough that a manager is going to tell me what's going on so we can walk through a situation together. Uh, The last thing that I want is a manager to be trying to hide a problem that they have in the shop, thinking that they're going to get in trouble, that it's a bad thing, versus tell me what's going on so we can talk through the solution. 
um, and I can help inform decision-making process or just ask some questions. Um, what do you think might happen if you do that? Uh, are there other options or do you think this is the only one? Um, and it really becomes very much so a conversation after a long period of time of doing it. It doesn't feel like we're engaging in this coaching conversation. It's just like a morning call, but so much comes from those conversations. Um, so I'm really consulting them in what they're doing in their business and trying to help them grow as leaders because really at the end of the day, my job is to make sure that I'm not as important as I could be if I was trying to control everything. The most important people in the building are the people that are talking with the customers and helping push that uh, that ultimate feeling of control down the line is really important. I think it's a, a really... Um <clears throat> that's a really powerful, uh, important thing you said, like making yourself less important mm-hmm. by supporting your team. Yeah. You said it was a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. Where did you learn it? You know, I think I learned a lot, A, through trial and error. You know, at first, when I first became a manager, I was that guy that was, if you can't do it the right way, I can do it without you. Yeah. Like, there's the door. <laughs> See you later. You know, and... Obviously, you learn through experience really quickly that that isn't helpful. Um, That doesn't grow the people around you. Um, That just makes people pissed off. They might listen to you for a little while, uh, but at the end of the day, it it doesn't create lasting impact. Um, So lots of that was just learned through trial and error. Um, Much as well through, you know, I've read a lot of books on uh, leadership, growing people, I mean, there's a ton of great books out there. That, and as you just learn to care more and more about people, your approach kind of starts to change. When At the beginning, you might be looking at your career or how much money you're making. And you know, you're trying to drive your bottom line. I was very much like that in my early years in management. It was all about me and how can I make more. But I realized, A, that's stressful. Um, and you're kind of at the top of a peak all by yourself and no one wants to be around you. Um, but B, it's backwards. The second principle is thinking, not first principle is thinking. The first principle is take care of the customer. And, take, and in my case, I view my teammates almost as my customers. So I need to be there to take care of them. Um, and as I take care of them, They'll take care of the the other little things that need to be in place um, in order for me to do well in my position. So it's really nice to not have to think that much about yourself. All you're having to do is think about other people. And then uh, I think one of the speakers that we heard last night in the ShopFix manager uh, group, he was talking about how gratitude um, comes back to you in spades and you get more out of it than the person who you're giving to and it's like an addiction you once you give and you see a, a positive result that positive reinforcement gets really exciting and you keep wanting to go back to that and as you grow someone and develop them and see them go through a difficult time and make it a, a decision that was good it's really exciting being able to see someone grow through that
Did you know that some web design companies use the same wording across all their client sites? Unfortunately, this common practice is noted by Google as plagiarism, which will cause your site to be ranked lower. That's why it's critical that whoever makes your shop's website knows better. That's why so many top shops trust leads near me to create and manage their shop's websites. As Google certified partners, they know how to make a top ranking website from an insider's perspective. Get a free site analysis by visiting leadsnearme.com or calling 888-953-2379. Leads Near Me, effortlessly increase car count. Is there a particular example that comes to mind when you were able to do that? Yeah, so we have this uh, gentleman that works with us who is a phenomenal individual, Bill, uh, and he... It's like the most outgoing person. Everyone knows this kind of guy, Bill. He can walk into any room and immediately be friends with everyone that is there. Bill is that guy. Um, Bill was very good friends with one of the owners. He grew up with uh, with Rob. So when he first came on, uh, you know, he was he was so excited. He was like, "I will sweep the floors. I will do anything that I have to do to to get on board." And he was living in Colorado. And him and I had talked, and just like anyone else who would sit across from Bill, I was like, this guy is amazing. I just want to be around him. He's really cool. He just has this energy that makes you excited. And so he moves himself from Colorado uh, one day and then starts the next uh, to work. And he does. He sweeps, wow. the, he sweeps the floors. And he he cleans the back of house for his first couple of days. And this was... I think, yeah, 2020. So we were going through, um, we were just starting to get heavy into the COVID era. And so the things were a little bit leaner from car count perspective and everything than they were. And he moved to another store to help us out. And uh, at that time I was running that store. And when Bill and I got working together, he's so excited about everything that's going on that, um, he had all these ideas, all these great ideas, but had a hard time executing on things that needed to be done because he, there were just so many ideas running around in his head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a couple of weeks in that particular time, Rob was running our Marietta store again because uh, we had lost a manager. And so, again, times were a little bit crazy with COVID. So yeah. we all just kind of hunkered down. I was helping run Swanee. Rob was helping run uh, Marietta. And he called uh, Bill over there. And uh, that was uh, the beginning of a little bit of a rocky part of our relationship, Bill and I, because you know Bill was feeling a certain type of way about the training that I had given him or felt like he was doing something wrong. And you know I'm still, uh, I'm a very direct person. So I'm going to tell you what's going on around. Again, I care a lot personally about the people that are around me. But even I was probably a little bit brash in the time, too. You know, we were all under a lot of stress. Um, So Bill went over, worked with Rob. And after about a week, we had to come together and sit down and all have this uh, this conversation. If you've worked in a business where you hire someone that's the business owner's friend, Mm -hmm. it creates an interesting dynamic. And in that moment, it it wasn't great. Again, I had met Bill and it was fantastic to be around him. He was a super exciting guy to be with. Um, 
But in that time, he was kind of a pain in the butt. <laughs> and I was a pain in the butt to him. And Rob was kind of in the middle of this triangle. And at the end of the day, we ended up having to sit down and have some really, really hard conversations and say, okay, at the end of the day, Bill, you have to work with me. You're not here just to work with Rob. Well, right now he's running the store. Every time something goes wrong, you can't just run across the street, talk to Rob, and just completely circumvent me because then we have no chance to fix our problems. So we go through this strife together and things get a little bit better. And then eventually we end up promoting Bill to be manager of that Marietta location. And through maybe half a dozen more of these kind of like little battles of drama, we really, our relationship got stronger and stronger each time. And in the moment, it wasn't really fun to go through. In fact, it was a frustrating thing, um, especially because of the weird people dynamics that were going on between Rob and Bill. And uh, every time we sat down, our relationship got stronger and stronger and stronger until eventually there was a point Bill was like, Rob, I don't work for you. I work for Will. And uh, he's the one that I'm listening to now. And uh, now Bill has also become one of my biggest fans and I'm his absolute biggest fan. And uh, I think it's important as people are growing teams, not to run away from, but to dive into the Sometimes the hairy problems that you have, the elephant in the room, the difficult situation, because Bill's been a great example of that. There were plenty of times in the back of my mind, I was like, is this really going to work? I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to just talk with Bill about this. I need to tell him what I'm feeling and tell him how this situation is playing out long-term in my mind, if we're not able to make our relationship work. And now Bill's running our biggest store. Uh, his first month there, he broke every record that we've had and everyone loves him. He's doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job. And I'm just trying to pour everything that I can into Bill to become the best version of himself that he can be his way. So it's important to me when coaching someone that I'm not trying to just create me, a little stamp of me over and over and over That's again. Huge. I'm trying to just make him the best version of himself that he can be. I don't want him to be someone else. He is such a, a, you know, an asset, not only to our company, but even now just as a friend because of who he is. So why would I want to change the things that make him who he is? I have to strengthen those things um, by talking about them, by um, pointing out how they're impacting the business positively and then maybe helping him understand where his blind sides may be. And that's where that consultative approach comes in. And I learned a lot of that with Bill. We we went through phone calls every single morning. And that kind of it's like, huh, success leaves clues. I'm talking with Bill every morning. He's doing great. Maybe I need to talk with this other person every morning as well and talk about what's going on in their life, what's going on in their store that I can help with in the morning to help get them set up. And again, it's more of consulting them on what's going on, not me just telling them everything that they need to do. Yeah. I love how, you know, you 
you got Bill where you needed to go, but at the same time, you also learned how to be more effective in your role with the other managers. Mm-hmm. What are some practical things that you did with Bill or that you've learned with others uh, that you manage and lead to build that relationship and to, to help them become the best version of themselves? Yeah. Uh, so I think that would just go back to leaning into the difficult times. Uh, I'm really lucky because Bill was bought in through difficult times. Not everyone always is, but because of how bought in he was through the difficult times, we're able to lean in and have harder conversations than we maybe would have had I had to, in the back of my mind, be worried that he was just going to leave. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I think it's really um, important in team development. You know, there's there's multiple stages of a team coming together. Uh, you know, you have a team that is uh, forming. You have a team that is storming. Stage two, you have to storm in order to get to the third stage, which is norming. That's figuring out how everyone works together. And then you finally get to performing. And every time you add another piece, you kind of rinse, wash, and repeat and yeah. go back through those stages again. But I see a lot of people uh, turn and walk away during the storming phase rather than, you know, buckle down and keep going. Like, what does that practically look mm-hmm. like? Uh, you know, you said lean into the difficult times. Okay. Explain that a little bit. So leaning into the difficult times for me means sitting down and hashing it out, having a real conversation. And when I say real, I mean a real conversation about feelings, about, you know, this is how I'm feeling. Like when, uh, you know, an exact example, maybe with Bill, it might have been when you call Rob instead of me in this situation, not only do I feel like I'm not given the chance to help you, but that you don't care that we are working on this together. This is a project that we both agreed on that we would be working on together. Um, A and B, when I hear from Rob how you're feeling, that hurts my feeling and it, it makes it more difficult for me to trust you. So we're not building trust. We're actually breaking down trust. Let's sit down and talk about this. and Literally just talk about it. And there were times when at two in the morning, I might be emailing myself a bunch of notes that you may know how that is. Mm-hmm. The mind is racing in the middle of the yeah. night. And for me, the way I get that out, I just send myself a quick email uh, to myself. You know, I always have to make sure you don't yeah, accidentally always address it. That. I do the same thing. Yeah. Do not address it to the person. This is me. Me only. <laughs> me only. Uh, this is a note for myself. In, at two in the morning, probably mm-hmm. not like it's a word vomit. It is not like well thought out with punctuations. Um, or it's like five words and you hope the next morning you remember what they mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so there were a lot of those. And then sitting down, just saying, you know, I just need to have the open conversation with Bill. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, I, I really think that he understood that I cared about him. Yeah. So we were able to have a harder conversation think that caring personally aspect is very important in having those conversations and then challenging someone directly mm-hmm. rather than, again, it would have been easy for me to go talk to Rob about what's going on with Bill and continue that cycle. Yeah. When you, you laid it on the table, you're like confronting him directly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's something that we can safely say that 
uh, you know, as dudes collectively, like we're probably not the best at emotional intelligence. Generally, Mm -hmm. we're not the best at talking about feelings, but you use some very clear language, you know, the relating to feelings relating Mm -hmm. to this is how this felt. Did you, do you feel like that when you're working with managers, like, is that something you have to kind of help them grow into that language with you? Or does that kind of come naturally with most of your managers? Yeah, I think that it's definitely something that's grown. Um, it's just like, you know, culture, which is a set of how we do things. How we talk about feelings is a basis of culture. Um, yeah. And it is something that not everyone just gets right into. Um, you know, it's also something that as the person talking to the other person, you have to learn because I don't get to decide if you feel like I care about you. Mm. In, a, in any given conversation. Only you get to decide that. And that could be different depending on our dynamics. I might have to say different words, and I don't want to say have to, like it's a, a, a manipulation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really important to know that it's, it's caring genuinely and wanting your words to land in a non-threatening way. And that may look different, whether you're sitting down and talking with you know, a Bill who's a, a lacrosse coach um, really outspoken and very loud, or someone that you might be sitting across the table from a female who is intimidated by you. It's flexing your style. Yeah, you're gonna. Your goal is to have a safe landing with them, and you don't get to decide if it's a safe landing. Only they do. What other clues or tips would you leave for a manager or an owner in building better relationships? with their team spend the time necessary to to build a relationship you can't expect that when someone starts on day one you're going to have a strong relationship but you build that by being curious about the person so don't spend all the time that you have with someone just talking about work Um, get to know the person personally what do they like to do what are their hopes and dreams connect that to how the company uh hopes and dreams are out there and how, you know, we can together create a vessel for both of our success, for all of our success and be successful together. But you only get to that stage by knowing about that person personally. So again, it's asking questions, maybe going out to lunch. You know, I find a a lot of success in taking someone to lunch and just talking. I don't ever, ever have to bring up business. It will always get brought up by the other person. Mm -hmm. Um, And generally, after 20 minutes of conversation about them or just about what's going on, it could be about the weather, it could be about the restaurant. You can tell they all of a sudden become comfortable and something comes out. And then you have the chance to be able to, again, use that consultative approach to help them uh, walk through and think through what's going on in their current situation. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, you've left us some great clues. I loved your stories. Uh, and I'm super excited for you. Like, sounds like you guys have some great things ahead. Yeah, we're we are certainly trying. So, awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. That was my interview with Will Dunford. I want this show to serve and impact as many people in our industry as possible. To help me in that mission, please leave us a review, subscribe to the show, and tell others about us. And if you would like to contact me, you can email me at Thomas 
at slcautopodcast.com or call 615-656-8804. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. No two shops are the same. That's why cookie cutter advice and coaching does not work. In order for your shop to get to the next level, you must have an action plan designed around your shop's unique needs. You'll also need accountability and encouragement along the way. Let ShopFix Academy help you create your best shop. Call 615-645-3683 to speak to someone on their leadership team about seeing if ShopFix Academy is a good fit for your shop. Learn more at shopfixacademy.com.